0: you're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week, our host, Andy Storch, will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I'm your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where I share my journey so that I can help you with your journey. And I have not been as much on an NFT journey recently as I've put more attention into my main business as a speaker and consultant and trainer in the corporate space for career development. But I'm still, you know, very interested in what's going on in the NFT world. I'm still holding cryptocurrencies and NFTs even as the market has gone down, or maybe especially because it has. And I know many people out there are looking at the market now wondering, what can I be doing? What should I be doing? And where does cryptocurrency fit into this? And I I realized that, you know, looking back on this podcast and the 68 episodes or so that we've done since we started in November of 2021, I haven't really done any episodes on cryptocurrency. And I'm not going to get deep into the weeds of what cryptocurrency is and whether it's valuable or not or whether you should be looking at the thousands of different types of altcoins and shitcoins, as some are called, or different types of cryptocurrencies, there are lots of podcasts and resources out there about cryptocurrency, about Bitcoin. And I've listened to many shows, even on podcast episodes, even on mainstream shows recently. For instance, Freakonomics, which is a huge podcast, did a three-part series on cryptocurrency and Web3. And whether it is useful in the future, or whether it's just a big bubble, you know, that people should be ignoring. And, and they really didn't come to any conclusions. It's really about what you think. And, and I want to give you some of my general thoughts here. And remind you, of course, that this is not financial advice. You've got to do your own research and decide what is best for you here are some general thoughts. First and foremost, as I've said many, many times, I do believe from a macro perspective, Web3 is the future of everything. It is here to stay. It's not going away. It's going to change the world in the same way that Web1, the internet did in the late 90s and early 2000s. I mean, you really hard to run any kind of business without some type of, you know, using the internet in some way these days, right? Even a very basic business, you kind of expect them to have a website. And obviously, there are, multi-billion dollar companies that have been formed in the internet age and and been built on the internet. They wouldn't exist without it. And similarly, we're going to see that with Web3. I think Web3 is the future of everything. Now, is cryptocurrency a part of that? I'm not sure, right? Obviously, Bitcoin has gotten huge since it started in 2009. And it was essentially worthless to today being worth over $20,000 per coin. At one time, it was as high as $65,000 per coin. So it's, it's fallen a lot, but it's still worth way more than it was three, four, five years ago, right? And why does it have that value? Well, many people talk about sort of the value as an asset, like gold, You know, something where you can store money to possibly beat or keep up with inflation. Some people talk about it being a deflationary asset because there's only a finite number of Bitcoin, and that number actually may even be going down as people lose them right and and other things whereas gold you know it's in theory you think there's a finite amount of gold but really we could still discover more gold in the future we don't really know right with new technology we might discover more gold which would add more gold to the world supply which in theory would drive the price of gold down because gold follows a fairly basic supply and demand economic framework as well as you know when there's more turmoil in the market people look to gold as a way to store money that won't go away right now why do they look at it that way you know a lot of people think well bitcoin's crazy what is it there's nothing there how can i use that as a store of value but i see gold is essentially the same thing right what is gold it's a rock yes there is some utility to it you know you can use it to make jewelry which people like to look at And maybe there's a few other utilities to gold that I don't even know about. But for the most part, most gold is not used for anything. It's just a rock that people have decided has value, right? And so if we say the same thing about Bitcoin, what is Bitcoin? It's a digital currency that people have decided have value. And More people want it. They want to hold it because they think it's valuable. And many people around the world agree that it's valuable. And therefore, people are willing to pay a certain amount of money or more money for it. And a market price, a market value is essentially, there's way, way, way more factors than you and I could probably ever understand going on. But at its simplest form, it's the dynamic of what people are willing to pay versus what people are willing to sell it for. It's the intersection, right? If you think about stocks... Same thing, there's usually a buy price and a sell price. And when they come together, that is when a stock is bought or sold, right? It's the same thing with cryptocurrency. It's the same thing with NFTs. And that's why we see prices fluctuating and going up and down. As demand goes up, the price goes up, or supply goes up, the price goes down, demand goes down, the price goes down, or supply goes down. Then the price could go up, right? Inverse relationship. So Bitcoin is essentially kind of the marquee Cryptocurrency or digital currency that is seen as a store of value for people. I don't know if we'll ever have that much utility out of Bitcoin, other than it being a store of value. I do see it's possible there's a future where Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies are used for transactions, right? And that's the future that many crypto enthusiasts will tell you is upon us, right? Is coming at some point, and and certainly we've heard the news that you know, Tesla and a couple other companies have announced at one time they would be accepting Bitcoin or something else, and then backed away from that. And we haven't seen it yet. And even I, as an enthusiast and a big fan and a believer, and optimist in cryptocurrency and NFTs and Web3, I don't quite see yet how that works because the price fluctuates too much, right? You say, I'm going to give you one Bitcoin for a car and then you know 5 minutes later that bitcoin is worth 10% less they're so like wait wait a minute but obviously it would be like no matter what it is at the time i'm going to give you you know $60,000 worth of bitcoin for this car i think it will work out eventually now i think one of the really great benefits is the ability to transfer that digital currency fairly easily and effortlessly to people all over the world without any middlemen getting involved. Now, we've got to put aside that there are energy impacts, you know, environmental impacts on the world that Bitcoin does use a lot of energy. I think that stuff will be figured out at some point. We won't get into that today. And I think that, by the way, I think that complaint ignores the fact that our traditional financial and banking system also uses a ton of energy, possibly even more, right? So we can't ignore all the things that are going on behind the scenes, but we but we do have to recognize that our current financial system involves a lot of middlemen or middle people or companies, right? Who are taking their share of our money and also delaying, right? When I want to transfer money to someone, especially in another country, it often might take a couple days or someone sends me a payment. I, you know, I work with a lot of big companies. I received a notification three days ago that a company had submitted an electronic payment to me and I still don't have it, right? Now, if they paid me with Bitcoin or Ethereum, it would have happened almost instantaneously, probably within two minutes, I would have that payment. And here's the other interesting thing. I wouldn't have to worry about currency exchange. Now, I've run into this challenge twice this year because I work in the corporate space and I work with uh, international clients. Uh, Twice this year, I have had a corporate, a, a large entity that I work with, a client in Europe, wanted to pay me in euros, and it turns out that my business bank only accepts U.S. dollars. And in fact, with one of those clients, I was at a standstill for three months because they refused to pay in anything but euros, and my bank would only accept U.S. dollars, and we were both trying to figure out a workaround. I was trying to figure out a workaround. Eventually, they found a way to transfer their money to dollars and pay me, and they made me... They subtracted a fee for that of like 5% or something. So I made less money than I was planning on making because it happened for a company in a different country and they needed to exchange the currency and they decided that they would pass that fee on to me. Now, <laughs> that is a whole another story. I was very frustrated with them. They did not uh, communicate that up front and I will not be working with them again because of that experience. But that's more about how they handled it than the fact that there was trouble with the currency exchange because that's going to happen. But the whole time that that was going on, I kept thinking, well, if they could just pay me in Bitcoin, it would be easy, right? They would just send me X number of dollars worth of Bitcoin, it would come over in two minutes, and then I can decide if I want to keep it in Bitcoin or exchange it into US dollars. It's really up to me, right? Now, of course, the challenge that comes from this, if we were into a world where we were receiving and making payments in cryptocurrencies, is the volatility And the fact that we then need to start making decisions on how and when we transfer money back into US dollars, right? If I received, let's say $5,000 in Bitcoin from somebody for service, and then I've got to decide, do I want to keep this in Bitcoin or put it into US dollars? Because it might go up in value, but it also might go down in value. And my wife and I've had to make those decisions many times with the NFTs that we've had. If we sold an NFT and now we're sitting on more Ethereum, do we keep it in Ethereum or transfer it back into US dollars? And I can tell you that almost every time, no, every time, I argued that we should keep it in Ethereum because I think Ethereum is going to go up long term. And what actually happened was Ethereum, the price of Ethereum crashed a couple of months ago. And now our money is worth about a third or a quarter of what it was at the time. If I had just Transferred it back into U.S. dollars. So these are these are tough decisions we're going to be facing as we enter this world. But it does open up another a lot of new opportunities. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is how you acquire the cryptocurrency and decide to hold the cryptocurrency. First and foremost, now this part I've talked about on the podcast in the past. There's a lot of different platforms out there. I personally use Coinbase. I think it's the largest and best known. It's a publicly traded company, but it does come with some risk. I think like anything else. In that, even though it's a publicly traded company, they could go out of business. They are struggling right now with the market the way it is. I think people are trading less. They're bringing in less fees. I think they've had some layoffs. I think they're going to be around for a while, but I think they have said, and, and some people got upset. It caused a lot of you know buzz around this, that if we go out of business, you could lose all your cryptocurrency <laughs> that you have on our exchange, which is scary, right? Now, I'm betting that there'll be plenty notice ahead of time that they are heading in that direction. And what you can do is if you buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, any cryptocurrency on Coinbase, you can actually transfer that off of Coinbase onto a cold storage wallet or on your MetaMask or some other storage place. So keep that in mind that you can do that. And we've done episodes on how to set up your cold storage wallet, like a ledger And you can transfer it there. I have not personally done that, but I've thought about it. I could, right? Right now, all the money that I have in crypto for the most part is on Coinbase, on the exchange, because it's very easy to see and analyze and all that sort of stuff. The second thing is don't try to time the market because you never know where it's going to go. So I'm a big fan and believer in dollar cost averaging. So what that means, and I've talked about this in the past, is that if you want to get into Bitcoin or Ethereum, and we've talked about Ethereum. The main difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum, Bitcoin is purely a store of value. It may be used more as a digital currency in the future. Ethereum is more of a platform that developers can use to build all kinds of things like NFTs, and so it can be seen as a currency and a platform. And therefore, even though it's not worth nearly as much as Bitcoin, you know, right now, I believe as I record this, uh, Bitcoin is around $23,000 per coin and Ethereum is around $1,600. Per coin, So it's not worth as much. The market cap is not as big. But there's a lot of value there. And some people are, are even more bullish on Ethereum than they are on Bitcoin because of the utility, the way you can use it. Now, we don't have no idea where it's going to go, right? Ethereum has more competitors coming into the space like Solana, Cardano and others. So we don't know what's going to happen. But let's say you know you're going to want to buy more NFTs in the future, or you believe in Ethereum, maybe you want to buy more of that, or maybe you do what I do, which is buy a little bit of Bitcoin and Ethereum on a consistent basis. The key is that you just look at smoothing out the trends by buying on a consistent basis. You can either do it daily, you could do it weekly, you could do it monthly, right, or bi-weekly. If you get a paycheck bi-weekly from your company, let's say you just decide you wanna put uh, $50 into Bitcoin and $50 into Ethereum from every paycheck. So you just set up Coinbase to do automatic buys on a bi-weekly basis. I personally do it daily because I wanna really smooth out the ups and downs, so I buy a little bit each day And you can buy as little as $5, even $1 if you want. Now, I've looked at and noticed the fees on a percentage basis are higher the smaller you buy. I think you need to get over like $25 to really maximize the fee percentage or get it down under like 2%. But if you are going to be buying on a regular basis and you're interested in buying and buying even more than once a month, check out Coinbase One, I think it's called. It's their new premium membership and uh, I have signed up and I believe it's $15 per month. And it essentially gives you unlimited trades with no fees. So what I do is I now buy daily, you know, instead of say buying $50 or even $30 a month, I could buy a dollar a day or $5 a day or $20 a day. And that is going to allow me to smooth out the trends even more. And I don't have to worry about the extra fees from buying daily versus monthly, because it's all included in that unlimited plan that I have. So that's what I do. And now I don't worry about what the price is, right? Because if you just buy once, and then the price drops 20%, you're like, ah, dang it, I bought at the wrong time, right? But if you're buying weekly, or you're buying daily, and you buy and the price goes down. You're like, great, I'm going to buy more tomorrow. <laughs> when the price is down, it goes down more. Great, I'm going to buy more tomorrow. Now it keeps going down and you're like, ooh, this is not good, right? So I made one really big buy when it was at the top. And we can talk about that another time. So I'm really down on that. But as it, crypto has crashed, I have been continuing to buy throughout. And so that reduces or lowers my average cost of getting into a cryptocurrency. And over time, you know, you're hopefully the, the, the currency goes up in value and your value of your cryptocurrency goes up. I have no idea where things are going to go. I am bullish that things are going to go up long term. I don't know how long that's going to take. I don't know how long it's going to take to get back to the highs that we saw back in the early part of 2022. I don't know if cryptocurrency is going to be successful at all. And again, this is not financial advice. I have no idea where any of this is going. I'm just doing what I think is best for me right now. And if you are a believer, I recommend dollar cost averaging. All right, that is all I've got for today. Uh, I think this has gone long enough. I hope this is helpful if you're thinking about getting into cryptocurrency more, at least, you know, stockpiling more Ethereum to buy NFTs in the future. This will be useful for you if you're just getting started out. If you have any questions, reach out to me, hit me up on Twitter. My handle is Andy Storch, A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H. And my email is andy at andystorch.com. Thank you again for listening and I'll talk to you later. Thanks again for listening to my NFT journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by voice.com. Yeah, voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with U.S. dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice. And I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out voice.com and let me know what you think.